This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Everybody and welcome to the Arty Farty Show uh, at Otago Access Radio uh, 1575 uh, AM. And I do hope there are some people listening on the AM uh, band. And uh, if not, the rest of you folks will either be listening on podcasts uh, or you'll be uh, listening uh, at uh, 105.4 FM, of course. And uh, as usual, it's uh, Ron Esplin speaking, and uh, my uh, partner in crime is Andy Cook from the Art Zone. Good morning, everybody. Yes, it's indeed. It's lovely to lovely to uh, to know that the world is still operating through the uh, radio waves, even if you're locked in. Exactly. Well, I mean, over the microphone, you can't cough and splutter and spread your diseases over the radio. That's one good thing Indeed. about that. And we're still in uh, level two. We we are. But um, uh, I, I would look, wish everybody today a disease-free day. Oh, nice. Disease. And to be honest, level two, it's a bit of a pain, but it's not that big a deal. It doesn't really affect us. We can still do what we're doing. You just have to wear a mask. Well, absolutely. absolutely. And what better occupation would the, would you have than and painting or uh, creating artworks? And uh, I understand the artwork, uh, sales and artworks are still doing really well so if you're going to be selling your your work then now is a good time to do it uh, so uh, get it all out on the street yep. and sell lemonade at the same time this is uh, this is a thing i heard on the bbc actually they said the reason the world is short of everything is because people are not traveling and when you travel you buy an airline ticket and that kind of vanishes into thin air but people are buying tangible things like artwork Ah, uh, yeah, and and they said there is a shortage of everything in the world because people are people are buying things, actual things, yeah. and things are running out. There was a thing in the Wall Street Journal that they mentioned on the BBC, and the headline said the world is short of everything. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? And paintings as well because people are buying paintings. Never could never afford paintings because. It's travel. This gives you an yeah. idea of how much money people spend, used to spend, on travelling. Now they have to spend it right here. Yeah, all right, artists, so, do your thing. Yeah, do your thing. This is this is the time to sell art. And indeed, it is. Oh, well, that's great. Uh, and you'll know from uh, the activities in 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 uh, uh, Art Zone. It's a wonderful name that Art Zone. It's spelt A R T Z O N E. But of course, it sort of doubles. It's uh, it's something that you as artists own in in, in a way. It's it sort of you could spell it A R T S O W N. I suppose. You, you know, I've never actually thought of that. <laughs> it's never actually struck me like that before. Well, it's um yeah, we it's it's a funny old time at Art Zone because 
We've got two sides to the business, picture framing and art supplies. Art supplies, no problem. We've got all our art supplies in. You cannot get picture framing. Oh. It's really, really difficult. And I know this. There's, there's around about three companies in New Zealand that supplies everyone. And it is really difficult to get picture moulding. There is one crowd that can't get anything. The other crowd's in Auckland, and they've got things, but they can't get it out. And there's another one in Christchurch which makes the stuff, but they're so busy, they're so overwhelmed oh. that because it's a reasonably small place, <laughs> and it is re- people come in and say, "Oh, look, I just want a, a simple little black frame." And you say, "Well, there's no black frames. You can't, you can't have it. You can't have the simplest thing. It's really, really? difficult." But the good thing is. We order our Christmas stock, what we want to sell for Christmas, in around about April. And the company says to the manufacturer, here's our order, make all this. And it's all turned up. Every stick that wow. we that we uh, ordered has turned up. So that's no problem. We've got, we've got stock. We've got art supplies coming out of our ears, which I didn't think we would. Oh, that's great. I thought we would really struggle with that this year. But as we put on our Facebook, the early bird catches the worm because all the stuff came in early. And we can't replace it. Once it sells, we can't do another order because it's been made for the company we deal with. So right. if you want it, you've got to get in quick and get it because we, we will run out by you December. Are. You heard it here. Any other, any other time you just ring up and say, well, we've sold all that, send it again, and it turns up by magic. But not this year. So, so yeah, be really uh, – do try to be really quick and get in because the – there will be a shortage of everything in December at our place, well, I think. There's something about a, a framer that is so busy making the stuff that he hasn't got time to send it out. It's a bit like a uh, guy running along beside his bicycle and saying, <laughs> why don't you get on? Oh, I haven't got time. <laughs> no, the, the, the problem is, the problem is with this, it's it's drying. This stuff is coloured and, and lacquered oh, and, it has to, and they don't have the drying space because imagine, imagine, if, uh, imagine if I said to you, well, I want you to paint two paintings a week mm. and that's the standard order and then I say actually now I want you to paint ten paintings a week because mm. the other painters are not painting their paintings right you can't do it you're not pre- prepared for it and this is this is what's happened so oh. yeah it will come right but it's very difficult at the moment getting the simplest products you just can't get it I ordered I ordered 12 products from one company uh, there was different moldings Matt bought 12 items one turned up Everything else was no, 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 no. Oh, my goodness. So it's never been like that. It's never, ever been like that. But uh, we're all in the same boat because there's hundreds of picture framers in New Zealand. There's only three suppliers that supply us all. We're all in the same boat. So we just have to be patient with that for maybe six months, a year, whatever. It'll come right, but it's very, very unusual times at the but moment you you have though uh, a range that would that almost any uh, uh, person who uh, creates artworks you, you've got just about i mean you've got uh, uh, you cover watercolors you cover oil uh, paints you cover acrylics and there are some other things that are squeezing in around the place, aren't mm. there? Any, any of the art supplies are no problem, which really mm. surprises me. I, w- mm. I would have thought they said, no, no, no one's been making it because everyone's been in lockdown, but it's absolutely no problem. So anything you could possibly imagine, including a few new things that's, that will be coming along later, um, that's all there. It's fine. Can you talk about it's, that now? Um, uh, I've got to think. It's, it's a it's, secret. No, no, it's not. I've got to. Th- <laughs> I've got to think of what it is. It's it's more of the same. We don't like to double up, but there's a lot of 
pens. There's a lot of pen work mm-hmm. um, happening. We're getting new pens in. Uh, we talked about the water-soluble, uh, water-mixable oil, mm-hmm. the uh, the Cobra. We talked about that last week. That's really, really good because that's an artist quality. And just everything we want is really, really stocked up. We got something like 15 cases of stuff the other day, this, which was a real pain, actually, because it all turned up at once. <laughs> and, uh, and that was like two days opening that. But... Um, when I said about getting quick and get your stuff, I really meant the the Christmas sets because they've been custom built for the Christmas market. So as far as individual uh, things that an artist would want, that's no problem at all. But the the really nice uh, sets might be struggling a bit. So we're all right at the moment. We'll just have to see what the future holds because nobody knows what the future holds. It's uh, no. I didn't actually think after the first lockdown, I didn't think we'd be back in this situation ever again i thought that was a done a done thing so you never know you just got to take it day by day just like just like everything well that's 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 absolutely right you know the um uh, and uh, uh, i'm sure there are more opportunities now for us to to create though that's that's the main thing and i must say that i have been selling uh, and that's uh, you know that in itself is a surprise uh, because I, uh, I I really imagined that uh, things would slow down, but it, it, it hasn't. So that's that's uh, encouraging, and I hope it's the same for all of you guys. This uh, is through your website. Yeah, you sell on the website. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's good. You know, because it's it's very difficult and very expensive to have an exhibition. A lot of people can't just uh, have an exhibition, but you, it's a permanent exhibition on the website, isn't it? Well, that's ab- that's so right. Are you uh, um, are you selling nationally or internationally yeah, or both? Go, no, it's all New Zealand. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, when I say that, I did sell something to Australia the other day. Uh, um, so there, is, the, uh, that's a, an, an exception to the rule. Right? Mm. Uh, and um, uh, we did have planned an exhibition. Uh, which would be happening right now, oh. uh, but of course uh, it, it could, that couldn't happen. It's really difficult to make plans. Like you know, uh, I don't know. Did you buy Guns and Roses tickets? No, no, I I didn't. I would love to see Guns and Roses, but I thought, what if they don't come? And it's extraordinary the fact that they're still coming, but they're not coming to Dunedin. So everyone got their money back. It was like three million dollars worth of tickets they had to refund. Wouldn't you play the concert for three mil? You would. You wouldn't get seriously. It was fifteen thousand tickets at about two hundred dollars a ticket. Yes. And they, I don't know what the politics was with that, but you'd say, well, we've got the money anyway. Of course, we're gonna. Have a bit of a knees up for one night. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd right. break my heart giving away three million dollars, <laughs> especially when I've probably pre-spent it. Having uh, just uh, spoken uh, about uh, uh, items that are uh, maybe no longer happening, uh, we uh, just uh, I mentioned about WEA, which uh, are doing uh, courses. They uh, reinstituted the workers' education. Uh, I can't remember what the A means, but um, anyway, it's uh, workers' education A, and it's <laughs> association, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, that's it's it. yeah, it's that's workers' it. association, uh, education association. <laughs> Thanks. I'm so glad. I'm so <laughs> glad I got you here, Andy. Uh, on, on my own, I must be, uh, you know, a monotonous, some sort a of a gibbering idiot. I would have said. <laughs> A whole hour of you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If I want to go to sleep, I often run my uh, own program. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
the art workshops are um, uh, that we're running, and we are still running them actually, uh, going into November. Uh, and we've got introduction to drawing, art journaling for beginners, how to paint, and watercolor. I'm the tutor for the watercolor. Uh, painting and uh, that was uh, postponed in September but it's now uh, aimed for uh, the 7th of uh, November so um, uh, and, and and okay if uh, in fact uh, uh, it, we were required to alter that well we'll just alter, we'll alter it and let everyone know so uh, that's the uh, uh, the way to do it and to um, uh, to enrol, uh, well, to, to find details out, actually, phone Leslie on 27 218 I'll repeat that, okay? Phone Leslie on 27 218 All right? If you've got this recorded, or you can listen to it on the podcast, you'll get that phone number again. And uh, they're mainly held in the South Dunedin Community Network uh, rooms at uh, King Edward Street in Dunedin. Uh, but they do run courses also in Invercargill. So um, if you anybody out there in Radio Land uh, you will, uh, and you're in Invercargill, well, uh, you're, it's open to you there as well. Um, just uh, talking about, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of information available to you through art societies, and we do, we talk about the Otago Art Society, uh, which is, um, I think they're going to, they're having an AGM um, uh, quite soon, and I believe that uh, the uh, <coughs> the old president is moving on, and they'll be voting for a new president of the Art Society, so if you've got hankerings of, uh, you know, power, uh, go along and stick your name up. Delusions of grandeur. <laughs> Yes, Doug Doug Hart is retiring. He's been a really, really good president, hasn't he? I think he I think he stepped in uh, sort of on short notice, but uh, no, he's done really, really well for the art society, uh, especially when things have been a little bit tough. When you, we've had, you know, the the cancellations and all this sort of thing. Uh, so the um, now is the Edinburgh uh, that's been extended because because that was. Uh, uh, closed down because of the COVID thing. That's still going. I think it's got one more week to go after today, and then it's all over. So it was a real shame that it got uh, it got closed down halfway through. But they did get their time. They they made up the uh, amount of time that was expected. So it sort of it came right in the end. And that's the uh, premier art <coughs> award for the Otago Art Society. And uh, they are housed, in, and uh, even though there are, you, you, you go down to the ra- railway station where they're housed, and you see this uh, kind of uh, it's covered over in scaffolding. Uh, don't worry about that. Uh, the um, art society at the railway station is still operating, and uh, that's 22 Anzac <coughs> Avenue. And uh, call in there. Anyone can go and have a look at the work there, and uh, you may be motivated if you are a. a a maker, as they say these days, uh, then you can uh, ask the question if you wanted to join the Art Society. It welcomes any discipline whatsoever. I don't mean discipline, but I mean art discipline, if you know what I mean. And um, uh, what else? Uh, this, this sculpture, jewellery, you know, you name it. It's a, it's a, a wonderful art society. It was the oldest art society in New Zealand. And... Um, We'll uh, we'll see who our new president will will be if if you uh, feel the need to dive along there and uh, uh, and make a couple of speeches and uh, you never know you might get in there or you might not. 
Um, this is. <laughs> I don't know what the process is now. When I was uh, looking at the thing about twenty years ago, you put you put your uh, work forward, and they either accepted it or not. And you were an artist member or just a member. And I'm not quite sure what the process is now, but I think you do have to submit some work. So just uh, people have an idea of what sort of level you're at. But um, but all the details are down. There's not. It doesn't hurt too much. No, absolutely not. No, it's very, very reasonably priced, you know, for um, such. It's an encouraging thing for artists because it tends to be such a lone um, occupation. You're on your own all the time, and it's just wonderful to talk to other artists <coughs> and uh, find out what they're doing, how they're getting on, where they're selling, you know, that sort of thing. And then there are, they also hold courses. And, uh, for instance, uh, there's one here, Encouraging Creativity. So it's not just about how to paint, it's uh, uh, how to remain motivated. And uh, the um, other things that you'll do, is you, if you're a ceramicist, you can meet other ceramicists. And uh, it's quite hard to say that, actually, ceramicists. Uh, but uh, you will be able to meet other ceramicists. <laughs> you say, say it ten times, and then your teeth will fall out. <laughs> Too late. Thank God. Uh, so um, uh, it's uh, really wonderful from that point of view. And talking about meeting other uh, um, artists, uh, the uh, uh, I have mentioned this before, Watercolour New Zealand uh, is actually based in Wellington, but there's nothing stopping you from... Uh, being uh, uh, accepted as a member, uh, even if you're in Dunedin. And I'm a member of Watercolour New Zealand. And uh, it, it, it gives you the entree to uh, meet, um, you know, people from another part of the uh, of the country. And uh, these uh, people are pretty good, I have to say. Uh, one of my favourite artists, uh, in fact, is... Um, wait for it... Um, Jackie Pearson, and she's a wonderful watercolorist, and she teaches all over New Zealand. Uh, and uh, she does check out the website. Uh, she has her website uh, on uh, on the computer, and in fact, uh, um, painting. Uh, what is the name of that? Um, the guy that goes around in a mo- on a motorbike. Put some color in your put life. Put some color in your life. Now there's an e- there's an episode of. Uh, Put, put some colour in your life, which uh, features Jackie Pearson. It's Graham, isn't it? His name's Graham. That's Graham right. someone, yeah. Yeah, yeah wonderful. Uh, so, Watercolour New Zealand, Inc. And uh, if you want to get in touch with Watercolour New Zealand, the president is Hannah Martis, M-A-R-T-I-S. And uh, the um, they do have a newsletter, which is uh, absolute wonderful reading. I've got it in my hand at the moment. If you want to join, Jill Hartstonge. Uh, J-I-L-L-H-A-R-T-S-T-O-N-G-E at extra.co.nz If you want to ring uh, 04, which is Wellington, of course, 567-6938 And uh, honestly, here are the annual subscriptions. Member, $40. Wow. Couples, $50. Student, if you're enrolled, $15. Almost worth enrolling as a student. And then going just to, that. <laughs> just to save yourself twenty five bucks. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so that's pretty pretty good. Uh, now I'll give you the number again: oh four five six seven six nine three eight. Jill Hartstonge, 
I don't know whether that's the right pronunciation, J-I-L-L-H-A-R-T-S-T-O-N-G-E at extra.co.nz. Right, well, the DPAG is still doing its thing at the Needham Public Art Gallery. And, of course, there's some wonderful um, uh, exhibitions around the country. I think the uh, there's a Leonardo one up in uh, Wellington at the moment. Uh, so if you're in that area, go and have a look. Right, I think we should have a bit of um, music. Do you reckon, um, Andy? It's time for a bit of music. We've been, we've been doing, uh, we've been going for about half an hour now. No, there's no Time just absolutely flies, but a nice bit of music uh, would be very nice. What have you got? Uh, well, yeah, I've got a preponderance of the Beatles here, which I can't help myself uh, doing all the time. And uh, what have I got here? This is quite good. Uh, no, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll just have a bit of Gillian Welsh, shall we? Why not? Uh they're all artists, you know. Uh, I, I, I like to feature artists, actually, uh, because um, a lot of artists actually are involved in more than just the, uh, the, uh, the act of, of uh, painting. Uh, and uh, this is Gillian Welsh, and I think we'll play... I'm going to play the first one and take our chances. What do you think? It'll be a bit of fun, he said confidently. Ohio She's running around With a rag top down She says I want to do right But not right now I'm gonna drive to Atlanta And live out this fantasy Running around with a rag I want to do right but not right now Had your arm around your shoulder A regimental soldier Starts pushing that wedding gown Yeah, you want to do right But not right now Oh, me, oh, my Would you look at Miss Ohio She's running around with a rag top down I want to do right but not right
That was Gillian uh, Welsh, and uh, she's uh, it's, she's good fun to paint too. You know, the the music uh, just trolls along, and uh, you can be splashing about, and uh, uh, it's uh, good to open up the left, uh, the right side of your brain. Uh, and that was look at Miss Ohio, and uh, uh, actually the next one is make me a pallet on your floor. And uh, we thought we're going to we're going to play that next time we we put a bit of music on. But uh, I uh, wanted to talk about uh, the amazing uh, and uh, currently uh, very f- uh, uh, popular and a lot of interest in uh, is uh, uh, Mr. Hundertwasser. Uh, what's his first name? Friedrich. Friedrich. Hang on, no, it's Fri- Frieden, Friedenrich. Friedenrich Hundertwasser. Uh, a lovely, uh, if there's any doubt in your mind, I think it might be German. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, you're not foreign, are you? <laughs> the, the popular New Zealand name, Friedrich Hundertwasser. Friedenrich. Uh, and uh, yeah. we went to um, Kawakawa up in the North Island. And um, the astonishing place there is the uh, the toilets. <laughs> the public toilets are designed by Friedrich Hundertwasser, who was a prolific artist in his own right, and certainly uh, a man who absolutely thought completely out of the box altogether. Uh, and uh, you only need to look at the uh, Kawakawa toilets and you'll go, yes, okay, I have some so understanding. So those, those are like the mosaic yes. toilet with crazy colours and crazy yes. forms and shapes. It's like, um, have you ever been to the Giant's House in Akaroa? Long silence. Yeah, long silence. The, the Giant's House is, she's, she's done this for 20 years and the whole place, the whole landscape is made up of of uh, mosaics there's models and it's just the whole environment it's, it took her 20 years to chug away at it wow. and it's very similar to, to that isn't that amazing there's there's a um a project for you uh budding artists out there get out there and uh do a, a ceramic um uh what do you call it Mosaic. Mosaic, yeah, somewhere. You well, know. They, get, they do. They go out and they buy old teapots and old yeah. plates and, they just, and break them up just break for the colour. Yeah. yeah, that's very well, interesting. Wonderful. Well, this is, he's been in the, uh, they've just recently redeveloped 
that area. And Hundertwasser really has become, it, 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 he's become a destination in, in himself. Quick, let's go for a, for a, <laughs> <laughs> a visit <laughs> to the Hundertwasser toilets. Yeah, um, Andy's going to tell us a little bit about him. Well, he was uh, one of the 20, well, he's, is he still with us? No, he's no, passed no, away. Afraid, yeah. Well, he was one of the 20th century's most celebrated European artists. He spent 30 years living near Kawaka before his death. See if I just read one sentence. Yeah, well, he died in in uh, 2000. It's a death sentence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that we can laugh at other people's <laughs> misfortunes. Death. Uh, Actually, just just uh, as an aside, I'll just mention. Uh, because I uh, really, uh, I, I, le- I not only learned at school at German, I also uh, learned at university, and uh, uh, I visited German, Germany many times, so I speak German, and Hundertwasser means a hundred waters, which of course, uh, if you consider the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he thought, what sort of building should I make? Well, it better be a loo, because I'm... A- <laughs> the only... Uh, the only uh, word I know in German is fartfender. Yes. Do you know what that is? Yes. What is it? It's, uh, isn't it, um, uh, I know that, that to, to journey is, is fart, so uh, you go on a, a rundfart, <laughs> and, and that is a, a, a trip around town. Oh, rund- right. well, the fartfender is just the footpath. Ah, yes, yes. And I guess fender, I guess, yeah. Yes. yeah. And, the, and the Fußboden is the floor. The foot boards. The foot boards. That's <laughs> interesting. A lot of these words are, are literally like like a foot board. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? That's oh, they a, love building words. They they add. Uh, add sort of, <laughs> so yeah, you look at these things. They oh my god, well, how long is that word? <laughs> um, anyway, back to Mister Hundred Waters. <laughs> yes. Hunda, uh, uh, You know his uh, his last unbuilt sketches were coming out in black and white, checked, golden topped, greenery laden life in the Fungary Town Basin. And uh, Richard Smart, a Bay of Islands carpenter, an architectural designer who worked for the uh, Austrian-born artist for eight years, is the only representative for the Hundevasa Foundation in Aotearoa. Smart had to pinch himself seeing the uh, Fungary's new art centre in... Uh, in uh, a, a, an idea mothballed for decades, but now it's just months from completion, which is a very cool thing to actually give him his own museum because you don't want to be you don't want to be known as the toilet man. He was no. he was so much more than that. Uh, it will uh, be home to sixteen million dollars worth of Hundervas's uh, works. The only permanent collection outside of Vienna, as well as the Wairoa uh, Valley. The world's first dedicated solely to contemporary Maori art, but there's still daily struggles. By June last year, the project's costs had overrun by $4 million, and Smart had seen the COVID-19 cause further harm. Since, uh, since he said, the last lockdown, uh, now basically the site of uh, has uh, lost a month and when you're three months out from opening and you lose a month, that's very difficult, he said. And with the borders closed, there are no qualified uh, Hundavasa curators in New Zealand to install the exhibition. Uh, it's uh, a talent so precise 
that even smart can't do it over video calls. And so uh, next week he flies to Austria to be inducted. This is the crux of the whole project. He said, pointing to the copies of Hundewasser's first 1993 sketches. Uh, People complain desperately that uh, they, the foundation, are control freaks and that, uh, that control freaks and they... Their this and their that. Oh, this is <laughs> didn't make sense. But they don't agree, and they said, "No, it's our job to be perfectionists because you only do this thing once. You're not going to do it and then fiddle with it. You want it done absolutely properly." So, all going to plan by November. Smart will have returned, uh, MIQ'd, and uh, start meticulously preparing the inside of the building for his former boss's uh, boss's birthday on December the fifteenth. Some of the centre is ridiculously, a ridiculous luxury built. At the same time, the number of homeless people in Whangarei CBD rose from 21 to a staggering 293 in two years. To others, it's an economic um, energiser for Whangarei uh, and will always be needed. Pre-COVID predictions anticipated a quarter of a million visitors a year. Now, a place like Whangarei, which is a little bit off the beaten track, actually needs something like that. And you'll always get detractors saying, well, you know, why spend money on this and that? That's actually a money spinner. You would travel to Whangarei just to see that. Mm-hmm. When the council ditched the building from its long-term plan in 2014, the uh, Prosper Northland Trust rallied uh, a, a resistance movement. So a referendum was held in 2015 and the centre proposal won, but now Whangarei uh, are going to pay for it. The council gave Prosper Northland Trust uh, a two-year deadline to raise the first $16 million, and somehow they did it. Barry Tress, a property developer by trade, put thousands of voluntary hours into a campaign as the Trust's former chair. He said, we got knockbacks, so many knockbacks and uh, quite easily could have given up on the number of occasions. But uh, we had a pretty good group of core people and then a huge number of supporters who were absolutely relentless. Some of the knockbacks were personal to, for Tress. Uh, an ad in the paper slagging me, he said, I had vandalism done to my property and had all sorts of phone calls and letters. Some joined the crowds to see the gold-covered eight-metre uh, Capola hoisted on the top of the building in June. I thought, what the hell are we doing here? But <laughs> they were all saying that it looked great, quite interesting, and you've got to uh, have a bit of a giggle for yourself. See, with something like that, it's 16 million is a lot, but if you raise the money yourself, it's your money, isn't it? It's money that you've <laughs> raised. It's not like you've dipped into the public coffers and said, well, we're going to nick that and we're just going to do it. I don't see what the problem would be. If you didn't want to donate to the cause, yeah, don't. don't. It's, yeah. not, it's not like when the council does something crazy. You think, well, we don't have a say. We've paid the money in, but yeah. uh, we've got... No, I'd, I'd be very interested to Oh, well, I to, think it'd be to fantastic. See that. Wonderful. And, and, uh, and with a quarter of a million... Uh, people a year, they'll, they'll, oh, they'll see a return on that. Because the other thing is that uh, I often think of Hundertwasser himself. You know, all this is happening after his death. And I, I often feel it's kind of sad uh, that suddenly uh, people see the light and uh, a tribute uh, of this magnitude uh, is. Um, uh, 
is taken to completion, uh, and he has uh, no no idea no, that it happened. No, he has no no concept. Imagine seeing that in your own lifetime, seeing this huge tribute right. to yourself. But I mean, how many people that you know that happens to so many people? Maybe a hundred years after their death, suddenly they're yeah. they're recognised and they're celebrated, and they have movies made about them and plays and all this, and they never see it. No, you know that's right. Who was the one in New Plymouth? Uh, the kinetic uh, Lin Lai yeah Lin Lai wonderful stuff yeah. you know yeah it's funny I, we were in Wellington uh, two weeks ago and just around uh, just before the airport they've got that great big needle that swings yeah. backwards and forwards remember that idiot that yeah. jumped on it and it broke and it whacked him on the head and, and I think they gave him the bill for it it was yeah. it was like $30,000 or so something. we'll have to pay $30,000 and get a bang on the head <laughs> <laughs> and, and and everyone thinks you're an idiot. So triple whammy there, triple whammy. But the other so, thing about it is, of course, if anyone had any uh, uh, lack of knowledge about Len Lai and what he did, he, he uh, pushed the cause uh, in a rather unusual way by uh, by doing this stupid thing with the um, jumping onto it and swinging on it. Yeah, mm. yeah. So we have at least something to thank him for. Well, that's right. <laughs> But it's right, though, isn't it? It's like anything to get your name out there, even if it is doing doing something dumb. But isn't it funny how uh, there are some artists you think, why would you want to do that art, and how can you be so famous? Like Len Lai, that's a very unusual thing. Mm. Henry Moore, you mm. know, mm. how could you be famous for doing what Henry, Henry Moore did? Yeah. It, it just wasn't terribly good. And mm. this guy that goes around wrapping up Bridges and castles. Oh, yeah, well, he's unfortunately, he's not with us anymore either. But what a strange thing to think of. And any mm. art form, you think, well, this is what I'm going to do. The logistics of doing it would be impossible. And, and getting other people uh, behind the cause is the amazing thing. Uh, uh, he wrapped an island. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, what else? He, he, he uh, made a path out from this village. Um, to the island and honestly the things that happened to him uh, for instance um, uh, there was a storm not long before the opening and uh, this bridge was made of sort of floating plastic uh, pieces that all fitted together like Lego and uh, they're in severe uh, you know, danger of the whole thing kind so of just collapsing. breaking up and, uh, but in the end it was a calm day when the thing opened and they put on special trains to take people to that to the opening there, there were thousands of people. So, is up. this how? Because you know, when you when you make an artwork, you want to sell it for some money. How did he make his money? Did he sell tickets to look at his, at what he'd done? No, well, the town uh, it was on an Italian lake, and uh, the town uh, um, got behind it because, in fact, uh, it did attract thousands of visitors, right? Uh, which were uh, good for the economy. Uh, so uh, uh, they were prepared to put money in to get money out, right? Mm. As a tourist, it's like uh, you know Ron Muick's art; yes, these, these yes. massive things. Oh. Oh, they're they're absolutely stunning. In fact, I saw a Ron Muick exhibition just before the Christchurch earthquake. It was about a week before, and you look at it and you think it's absolutely stunning. But what do you do? Does anyone buy them, or or, or do you just sell the tickets to look at them? I never I never yeah. got to the bottom of it. It's well, so it's, much work. It must be so expensive to produce right. these works. And you can sort of invite someone for a Saturday night and say, "Look, come on round and see my Ron Muick." Um, you'll have to stand. There's no room in the, in the sitting room. Because <laughs> no, this bloke's 25 feet high. 
But have you have you seen Ron Muick's work? Oh close yeah, up? yeah, it's so detailed. It's incredible, it's fantastic. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, the hair, every hair, you know. Well, I see. We went to uh, Wellington two weeks ago. We actually went up to look at the World War One exhibition in oh, Te Papa. Those wonderful. those models. Yeah. And it's funny, you know. No matter how close you get, you can be six inches away from the back of some guy's hand, mm-hmm. and you still. Can't tell that it's a model. No, it's, it's beautifully yeah. coloured. It's perfectly all the little hairs. I just don't understand how they they no, do it. Yeah. Now that's been there for five years. I just wonder what they're going to do. Is, does that tour? I mean, that would be great to send that off to France. Or well, you get them to pay for it. Yeah, it? yeah. And I think uh, it's the it was the film studios, wasn't it? That uh, it was wetter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's well worth having a look at, folks. Stunning. I mean, you just can't tell that they're not real. They're You're right. They're just beautiful. Yeah. I would love to. I would love to see that travel the world for the next. Hundred years, yeah. you know. You stick it somewhere for five years here, for, especially in Europe. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Now, um, I, t- I promised that we'd play um, uh, the second one of um, uh, forgotten the name. <laughs> J- Jill. Gillian uh, uh, Welsh. Gillian Welsh. Uh, and uh, that's 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 okay. You can do that if you're an artist. People expect that. Well, most artists are barking mad, and, <laughs> and, and Ron is uh, is a testament to yes, that. That's right. Thank you very much. <laughs> I've made it, uh, and in fact, ma- making it uh, is uh, part of the title of this song by Gillian Welsh. Make me a pallet on your floor. You know, there's always something to do with art, isn't there, folks? Right. Okay. Let's hear it then. Make me down a pallet on your floor. Make me down a pallet on your floor Make me down a pallet soft and low I'm broken, I got nowhere to go Been hanging around with good time friends of mine Hanging around with good time friends of mine Oh, they treat me very nice and kind When I've got a dollar and a dime Weary blues everywhere I see Weary blues in the everywhere I see Weird blues and everywhere I see No one's ever had the blues like me Where I'm sleeping my back and shoulders tight Where I'm sleeping, my back and shoulders tight. Come tomorrow, I'll be satisfied if I can catch a fast train and ride. So make me down and pallet on your floor. 
was Gillian uh, uh, Welsh of course and my uh, friend uh, um, is uh, going to regale us with an, a very interesting artist um, one could uh, probably ponder how much of an artist he actually is uh, but um, I think I'll leave it to uh, I'll leave it to you I think to uh, tell uh, tell them who it is well I had no idea that this chap uh, was an artist. What he was was, I think he's got the world record for becoming the heavyweight boxing champion so many times. I think he got it, he got it and lost it seven times. And I don't think there's uh, there's been a boxer that has ever uh, got the heavyweight champion seven times in his career. Usually you have it and you lose it and you're off. Yeah. But he just wouldn't come back. But he was a bit of a sketch artist. Rare original artworks by Muhammad Ali, the boxer known as uh, Goat or Greatest of All Time, uh, heading for the auction block in uh, Bonhams, New York. Uh, headlining the uh, the TMC presents It's a Knockout, a sale on October the 5th are 24 Muhammad Ali artworks from the collection of his friend Rodney Hilton Brown as uh, as the owner of Hilton Fine Arts. Hilton Brown uh, was the publisher of a set of limited edition silk screen prints by Muhammad Ali in 1979 and more recently authored a book Muhammad Ali, The Untold Story, Painter, Poet and Prophet. Outside of his uh, fame as a champion athlete and his uh, his uh, renown as a dedicated activist, Ali, born Cassius Clay, always had a strong connection with the visual arts, uh, which stemming from his father, Cassius Clay Sr., who was, in fact, a professional full-time artist. Oh, my goodness. There's another now, program. I didn't, well, <laughs> I, I didn't know that. I had no, no idea, but... Uh, we should take a look. We should see what I mean. I've got pictures of Muhammad Ali's. They're very, very childlike, very naive. But you know, it's who are we to judge? Yes. And, and if uh, he was here only, now, they're only worth about ten thousand dollars each. Yeah. If he was here now, I would not say to him, "Your work's rubbish, mate," because he might <laughs> give me a right, might give me a right hand. As a child, Muhammad Ali uh, had helped his father, who painted altarpieces for Baptist churches, as well as uh, signs and billboards through Kentucky. Uh, Bonham's director of entertainment memorabilia, Helen Hall, told the Artnet News four uh, four of the elder clay paintings, uh, landscape paintings, are included in the sale, also from Hilton Brown's collection, and are estimated to uh, to fetch between two thousand and three thousand apiece, which I think is pretty light. Don't you? I, I think, what, what, what think, so. you think they would be? A lot more than I that. would have thought so. I mean, the, it just doesn't, they are rubbish. I think we can say that uh, now. No, but this uh, is his father's. This is his father's oh, landscapes, oh. which are actually 
You've got the, you've got some images here, very traditional, and uh, and very beautiful. Well, so you can imagine his, his son's going to be selling them for a heck, a heck of a lot more than what his father. Yeah, did. exactly. Yeah. Mm. So so these we, we can't see them. You take my word for it. They're, they're very classical, traditional ones. There's four paintings by Cassius Clay Senior, father of Muhammad Ali, professional artist. So these ones are estimated to go between two and two and three thousand dollars, which really surprised me during his uh, sports career. Ali. Uh, became close friends with the artist Leroy Neiman, who uh, documented many of the fighters' boxing matches in drawings and paintings when he first uh, went and met in 1962. Ali approached Neiman, who uh, was busy sketching his practice sessions at the gym, and grabbed a pencil, adding his own touch to the drawing. That collaboration, which uh, helped ignite, uh, ignite Ali's interest in art making, was included in a 2017 show about the two men at the uh, New York Historical Society. Ali and Newman often drew side by side uh, while they were hanging out. But it was some years before that the boxer made his artistic talent more widely known. In 1967, the athlete uh, produced a series of drawings for avant-garde magazine inspired by his passion for civil rights activism. Ali's work fits into the realm of outsider art but the wonderful thing about his artwork uh, is that it poured into uh, it, uh, that he poured into them those subjects that were close to his heart. He said the avant-garde magazine sketches reference the civil rights struggle that Ali experienced firsthand, with one piece referencing uh, directly the Watts race riots of 1965 and the Newark race riots in 1967. Oh. So not only they're not just little daubles. Uh, mm-hmm. No, but what do you call daub? Doodles. Doodles. Daubles. Yeah, so it's actually very much of the time it was documenting documenting what was happening right. at the time. So that would be that would be very interesting. I mean, we've got we've got pictures here. They're extremely childlike, but they are actually saying something. Islam offers freedom, justice, and equality because they obviously changed to uh, Islam. Islam. Yeah. Past religions. Uh, well, yeah, some. Of, some of it's a little bit controversial, but, you know, I guess you say what you want to say. And uh, so all of those are... It doesn't actually say what they're expected. Um, oh, well, actually, I'll, ju- I'll just read this little bit. The, the uh, bottom sale, however, marks the first time that the original artwork on uh, uh, which the prints are based included the uncensored Let My People Go are coming to market, which the auction house expects to translate to numerous... Uh, new record prices. Memorabilia linked to Ali's career in the ring commands considerable interest, such as a $358,000 sale of his Rumble in the Jungle uh, championship belt. Well, you can imagine that would go for a huge amount. His actual belt that he won, that would be uh, yes. that would be something like... But a lot of his work, they're saying a lot of his work could go between forty and sixty thousand mm, dollars each. Well, there you are. And if you look at them, it's not the artwork, is it? It's it's yeah. who you are, and you know, and the message that it's going well, for. I could it, put it beside my Ron Muirk. Uh, you know, uh, I've got uh, t- uh, two pieces of work here that are worth over forty million each, or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. You could. It's it's all it's all association. A lot of a lot of time, it's not the work. It's it's who's done it. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, interesting, though, that um, uh, you know he felt an urge to do that. It's such a sort of incongruous uh, 
um, connection between bot- uh, uh, boxing and art. Uh, but uh, there you go. I, I did read his book. It's very interesting. Uh, you know, he threw his gold me- Olympic gold medal into the river uh, because he, uh, he the, to, to him, uh, winning a world championship was far more important than the, than winning uh, uh, the uh, the gold medal at the Olympics. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you keep them all? I mean, I know he <laughs> he was hammered because he wouldn't go to the Vietnam War. Yes, and. Uh, I saw a very interesting thing. Are you familiar with a program called 60 Days In? No. What they do is it's a real prison, and they tell the prisoners they're making a documentary, but they get civilians to play the part of prisoners, and they're not known, Mm. and they find out what's going on, if there's drugs coming in, if there's corruption, whatever. And his daughter, Muhammad Ali's daughter, was one of these people that was doing 60 Days In, and there was a whisper around that, they knew who she was and they pulled her out before because if ever they feel in danger, they say the magic word banana and they're pulled out. But they have to live like prisoners and and uh, and whatever happens to you, you might get a wee punch on the nose or whatever. <laughs> but, but they actually go to prison for 60 days. Then they report and say, right, here's what's going on. And, and Muhammad Ali's daughter uh, did the 60-day spy thing. And, of course, nobody knew. And, and I think I was right when she said, they twigged who I was, obviously not a prisoner, yeah. obviously a plant, uh, and so they got her out because you'd be in severe oh, danger. Even Chris. the prison guards didn't know that these plants, because there was a bit of dodgy stuff with the prison guards as well. Well, you need connections, that's for sure, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're coming close to the end, folks, and uh, uh, it's uh, always been interesting, Andy. You've, you're full of anecdotes. and I'm full things. of it. I've always yeah. been full of it. <laughs> Now I'm reminded uh, I'm going to play uh, play us out with a song which I absolutely love. It's got nothing to do with art uh, except that uh, the wonderful painting by uh, J M W Turner, uh, "Rain, Steam, and Speed." So it's a it's a, of a, a train. Is that the through. train coming towards That's you? The one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and it's almost unrecognisable as what it is. Yeah. It's just a big blur of it's movement. It's wonderful. I know that one very well. Well, folks. I'm going to play a a, a personal favourite of mine, which is called I Never Go Out in the Rain. I never go out in the rain Those stormy old clouds are to blame Life seems so disconcerting When my cigarette stops burning why I never go out in the rain I never go out in the rain It's something that I can't explain One feels such a silly fellow Putting up that old umbrella That's why I never go out in the rain Stormy weather Keeping me inside That's why I never get on.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.